Hello and welcome to the Feast and Be Filled podcast. My name is Joey Schwartz, and this show is all about helping followers of Jesus feast on the word and be filled with the spirit. We're starting a brand new series called Slay the Sluggard. It's all about overcoming the sin of sloth within us. And in this episode, we're going to start out by meeting Solomon Slob, the sluggard, a character in the book of Proverbs who is going to teach us much about the work of sloth in us. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Feast and Be Filled podcast. It has been a joy to go through this journey with you. I know in this second season, we've had some series that have been conversational. Some series have been a mix of conversation and just me speaking. Uh, This conversation, Slay the Sluggard, is going to be me solo, kind of like season one, most of season one, at least. We did have Sam Storms on for a couple of episodes, but for the most part, did that season solo, doing that format here in this series. As for me, I really enjoy the mix. I enjoy sometimes just being alone and with the Lord and speaking, uh, hopefully from the spirit. But I also really enjoy the conversational format. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send me feedback at joey at livefull.org. As always, you can rate the show, review the show on Apple Podcast, on Spotify. That helps other people know about it. You can support the podcast and the ministry by giving at livefull.org slash give. That would mean the world to us to share support in some way if the Lord is using this podcast to encourage you. I am eager to see what God does in you through his word in this new series, Slay the Sluggard. A little bit of background on why I'm doing this series. When I was in college, I was in the practice of reading a proverb every day. And this ended up allowing me to read through the book of Proverbs about once a month. And even though I circled around the same Proverbs 12 times a year, I found myself mostly meditating on the same 13 Proverbs that had this similar focus. And these Proverbs especially sparked my attention. If you looked back on my journals in college, I probably meditated on these scores of times, these same Proverbs. And if you haven't guessed by the episode title, these were the 13 Proverbs on the figure called the sluggard. Now, as I first studied the sluggard, I had in my mind the the image of the sluggard. I had in my mind this blob-like creature. That's just how I imagined him, like that green monster that lifted the toenail in that old commercial in the early 2000s. If you remember that commercial, I know you just squirmed a little bit, but I imagined him like a scruffy Jabba the Hutt figure that was always sleeping in, always pushing off work, always making excuses, always choosing comfort, so much so that he'd rather keep his hand in the warm dish of food than go through the effort of bringing his hand back to his mouth to be fed. I think Solomon really brings out his wise humor in the sluggard Proverbs above all. He paints the picture of this grand caricature of laziness, this hilarious slobby figure who just cannot do what he should be doing in any given moment. 
But as I continued to meditate on the sluggard, I found that the Lord was bringing me truths that weren't so funny after all. I realized that there's a reason why Solomon packs 13 sluggard proverbs in a small book of wisdom for God's people. In the character of the sluggard, Solomon isn't calling out a particular person who is either a sluggard or not, and in that way, making a lot of people exempt from this counsel. No, like all of the Proverbs, Solomon, he's pointing us down the road of wisdom, and he's warning us of the sluggard-like tendencies that will tempt us to stray on either side. In other words, we're all tempted from time to time to act like the sluggard. And God in these Proverbs and in his full counsel, his whole word, he's provided us wisdom to flee from the enslavement of sloth and to walk in the self-control and the diligence of the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you, as we begin this series, where might the sluggard be showing up in your life? Do you find yourself hitting the snooze button because deep down you don't want to face the labor of the day? Do you typically start things, whether they are spiritual initiatives, good works for the Lord, even just physical goals like fitness or endeavors in your work or creative ideas to serve your friends and family and you start them, but you just leave them half finished? Do you find yourself making excuses for why right now isn't the time to practice your spiritual gift? Right now isn't the time to write that book for the Lord. Right now isn't the time to deal with that sinful tendency. Right now isn't the time to reconcile that relationship. Are you always pushing what God is calling you to do now into the realm of just a little later? And do you find yourself wanting so much more for your life, more time in prayer, more knowledge of the word, more joy in the Holy Spirit, more good works for the kingdom, more diligence at work, more order out of the chaos, and your heart is craving for more and more, but for some reason you find that your hands and your feet are slow to follow the desires of your heart. And good intentions fall by the wayside in the midst of life's realities. How might the sluggard be showing up in your life? It's likely that it's more than you think. And the good news is this. When we set our hearts to study the sluggard in the book of Proverbs, we'll find that God has wisdom and power to help us overcome Because you see, when it comes to lazy tendencies, bad habits, procrastination, drowsiness, good intentions without action, we tend to compartmentalize the Bible into the realm of spiritual and then see these things as quote-unquote practical. So instead of going to God's word first for power, we go to self-help books and habit formation literature and motivational speakers and life hack blogs. And I think that the fruit typically shows that while these resources can have some value, and I want to be clear, I've benefited from quality resources in this category, but I do think that the fruit shows that they don't provide lasting change on their own. And why is that so? Because they can't go deep enough to reach the heart, and that is where we need change most of all. So I want to ask in this series, 
what if we lifted our problem with laziness and our struggle with sloth higher than self-help literature all the way to the realm of the spirit? What if we stopped labeling our sluggish tendencies as bad habits and started identifying where they are actually sins? And the Proverbs are going to make this clear. Proverbs 15, 19, for example, it talks about the sluggard, but when it contrasts the sluggard, it actually does not contrast the sluggard in this case with the diligent, which is the more common case. But in this case, contrasting the sluggard with the righteous. And in another place, contrasting the slothful with the upright. You see, the way of the sluggard is not just inconvenient or less than ideal. What we need to see in this study is that the way of the sluggard is wicked, just like the wicked and slothful servant in the parable of the talents. It is wicked to bury what God has given us and especially to bury the gift of time. Let me read to you the words of Charles Bridges, who I'm going to quote several times in this series. He was a 19th century English preacher, and he says this, quote, Always look at sloth, not as an infirmity, but as a sin, affecting the whole man, growing upon us with unperceived power. Allow it, therefore, no root, no time to root itself. Resist it in all its forms, bodily, mental, spiritual, indulgence of sleep and appetite, self-pleasing in all its subtle and plausible workings. Live by rule. Have your time strictly arranged. Be employed in early work for God. Store the mind with useful knowledge, ever reserving the first place for an industrious and prayerful study of the book of God. Mortify this baneful lust through the divine spirit, drawing all your motives from the death, the life, and the rules of Christ. Victory will soon declare for you and how enriching will be the spoil. Maybe that sounds like an awful lot to say about sloth. It's a, an over-the-top severity against sluggishness. But I believe, and if you stop and consider what the ways of the sluggard have wreaked upon your soul, I think you'll agree. I believe that these are the words of a man who has considered, he's really considered just how serious our battle against the sluggard truly is. So in this series, our aim is to do nothing less than to slay the sluggard, to receive the wisdom of the Proverbs, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to put to death the slothful tendencies that ruin our souls. And in the next five episodes, we're going to cover five tendencies of the sluggard in the book of Proverbs that may be showing up in your life. This beginning episode is going to serve as an introduction of sorts. We're going to do an overview sampler of what Solomon is going to teach us about the sluggard. Now, in every episode, we're going to tackle sloth with the same strategy. We're going to study the sluggard. We're going to look for the sluggard and then slay the sluggard. We're going to start by studying the sluggard. What does the Bible have to say about the sluggard? We're going to go first to the word of God. Then we're going to look for the sluggard. I'm going to give you some reflection questions to help you search for the sluggard in yourself. And 
consider how sloth might be holding you back from abundant life. And then finally, we're going to slay the sluggard. In every episode, I'm going to leave you with some very practical action steps to consider implementing to overcome sloth in your life. One of the beauties, I think, of Proverbs is how deep it goes theologically into human nature, while also providing really practical counsel for how to walk in wisdom. And I want you to have that same kind of flavor in this series, not just studying the sluggard theologically, but considering real action to help you overcome. So we're going to study the sluggard, look for the sluggard, and slay the sluggard. That's going to be the framework for all six of these episodes in this series. Let's begin in this episode with an introduction, a flyover of what the Proverbs have to say about the sluggard. And this, in a way, can serve as an introduction to the sluggard, as though you are meeting him for the first time, this slob-like creature of Solomon's wisdom. What do the Proverbs say about the sluggard? Let's dive in. Let's begin, as we will in every episode of this series, by studying the sluggard. The first time that the sluggard shows up in the Proverbs, Solomon tells him to go learn from an ant, which is a really rough start. This ant has no chief, officer, or ruler, but she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. This is Proverbs 6-7. And while the insect is out hustling this tiny insect. Where is the sluggard? Solomon's standing over him like a father who's about to just pour a pitcher of cold water on him. And he asks, how long will you lie there, O sluggard? The sluggard is sleeping in on his life. He's refusing to follow the ant's example and put in the work that would reap a reward. The sluggard just asks for a little bit more sleep, just a little bit more slumber, just a little bit more rest. But in the end, those investments in sloth reap nothing but a ruined soul. And it's not that the sluggard is void of all ambition or desire. It's just that the sluggard refuses to take any action. Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing because his desire never leads to discipline. His good intentions never lead to action. And while the sluggard is always choosing an easy life in the moment, this is always producing a hard life in the end because his ever-growing sloth makes him drag his feet in everything he does because his laziness makes everything feel like a chore. So Solomon says in Proverbs 15, 19, the way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns. The way of a sluggard is a hedge of thorns because everything is harder when you're lazy, but it's also a hedge of thorns because so much of the sluggard's behavior is self-destructive. Solomon likens the sluggard in Proverbs 19, 24 and Proverbs 16, or excuse me, 26, 15, to someone who is eating a warm meal in the cold. And after reaching down to pick up the food out of the warm bowl, he finds such comfort in the warmth of the food that he refuses to bring his hand up to his mouth out of the warmth of the bowl so that he can feed himself. His endless craving for immediate gratification starves him 
from the true satisfaction that would come through finishing the work. And though all of the sluggard's decisions for immediate ease seem small, they add up over time to an empty life. Proverbs 20 verse 4 says, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. Because the sluggard did not plow when it was time to work, he will go out in the harvest when it is time to reap and find nothing to show for it because he refused to sow when it was time to sow. And in the same way, those who do not plow in the autumn of our earthly lives, who are always choosing entertainment and ease, who are always asking for a little sleep, a little slumber, we will come to the end of our lives and not have anything to reap. Those who refuse to pick up the word and read in the harvest will reap instability, double-mindedness, and folly. Those who refuse to pray in the harvest, they will reap a soul that does not know God. Those who refuse to take risks for God, to use their spiritual gift, to be bold for Jesus, to carry out that good work to completion, to invest their talent in the harvest, they will hear the words of the master in Matthew 26. You wicked and slothful servant, you ought to have invested what I gave to you. But even though the sluggard sloth is bringing real danger to his soul, he goes all his life without waking up to it. Why? Because his sluggish mind is constantly generating excuses that enable his sluggish heart. There is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets, he says in Proverbs 22, verse 13. Why can't the sluggard get out of bed and work? Because a lion would kill him, of course. His irrational fear, birthed out of his laziness, has fashioned an imaginary lion that is keeping him from his duty, from his call, from what he is charged to do by God. And so he goes on and on, excusing and sleeping and desiring and craving and turning back and forth on the bed of idleness over and over again, like a door turning on a hinge, Proverbs 26, 14 says, but he is as good as a door on a hinge. He moves much, but he is going nowhere. Now, if all of this seems like a harsh treatment of the sluggard, I would remind you that Solomon is totally uninterested in coddling the sluggard within us. What you'll find in the book of Proverbs are extreme portraits of the sluggard so that our eyes, our eyes can be open to the real dangers of sloth within our own hearts. In each episode, we're going to not only study the sluggard as we've just done, but we're also going to move into looking for the sluggard. And I want to do that now. After studying the sluggard, I'm going to ask you to evaluate how the sluggard is making his way into your heart. And to help you do this, I'm going to give you reflection questions. You can jot these down in a journal during your time with Jesus. You can talk these out if you're listening to this series with a group and studying self-control, studying sloth. And as you do, ask the Lord to shed light on the truth. Ask him to open your eyes so that you can see. Now for this first episode, I only have one question for you to consider. Where is your struggle with laziness actually the sin of sloth? I'll say it again. Where is your struggle with laziness actually the sin of sloth? Because as long as it's a mere struggle, there's nothing that you can do with it but battle it in your own strength. But once you recognize that there actually may be sin at the bottom of your sluggish tendencies, then the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit are available to you. 
which leads us to our battle steps. We've studied the sluggard. We've looked for the sluggard, and now we're going to slay the sluggard. In each episode, I'm going to give you a battle step or an action step or two so that you can step into the practical wisdom of Proverbs. So how are we going to slay the sluggard? Here's the first battle step. Instead of excusing yourself or shaming yourself, humble yourself and confess the sin of sloth to God. Instead of excusing yourself or shaming yourself, humble yourself and confess the sin of sloth to God. So I want you this week, by the leading of the Lord, as he reveals sin to your heart, go to him and confess where sloth is showing up. Because as I've said, if it's a struggle, then either you excuse yourself to free yourself from the blame, or you shame yourself to take ownership for your own struggle. But in either case, it's all on you if laziness is just a struggle. But if this is a sin issue, then you need to humble yourself. You have the opportunity to humble yourself and confess it to God. But again, this is good news because instead of excusing yourself, which leads only to more sin and misery, and instead of shaming yourself, which makes you walk only deeper into the shadows, when you humble yourself and confess this sin as a sin to God, you get the cleansing blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That Jesus covers the sin of our sloth. You get restoration with the Father. You get a fresh wave of power from the Spirit to overcome sloth. And you get to step into the light. You get to begin slaying the slugger, to put to death the deeds of the body, not with your own strength, but with the strength of God. That's the first battle step. Instead of excusing yourself or shaming yourself, humble yourself and confess the sin of sloth to God. Here's the second battle step that we're going to begin this series with. Start studying the 13 Proverbs of the Sluggard. Start studying the 13 Proverbs of the Sluggard. Why don't you take a few friends, maybe your family, and choose to study sloth over the next few weeks? I am guessing that you probably have not taken a few weeks or a month to study sloth. I've heard of many different kinds of Bible studies, but I've never heard a group studying the sluggard of Proverbs. But why not? If Solomon gives him 13 Proverbs, it's a worthwhile investment of our time. And to get you started, I've just very simply provided a list of the 13 sluggard Proverbs in the show notes. And I've also provided links to my two favorite resources on the Proverbs, which you'll probably hear me referring to time and time again. The first is Charles Bridges and his commentary on Proverbs. I've already mentioned him. He wrote a commentary in the mid-19th century. And Matthew Henry's commentary, which is popular, but I think still underappreciated for how valuable it is. He was a 17th, 18th century Puritan, and his notes on Proverbs are the most thorough and uh, truth-packed. Bridges has more but Matthew Henry's is more packed. Uh, and I've found, and I, I just go back to Matthew Henry time and time again. And yes, the two resources I'm pointing you to are nearly 200 and 300 years old, but that's kind of the point of Proverbs. We're studying ancient wisdom, wisdom that is held true through not just centuries, but millennia. So start studying and you'll find just how much relevance 
this has for your life today. So first, instead of excusing yourself or shaming yourself, humble yourself and confess the sin of sloth to God. And second, start studying the 13 Proverbs of the Sluggard. Go through it with your church group. Go through it with a handful of friends. Go through it with your family and just take a few weeks. What would it look like for you? What would it change in you to study how sloth is making its way in your heart and even more so to study how the Holy Spirit can help you overcome? We're slaying the sluggard. In this episode, we've started with a flyover, but in the next episode, we'll go into our first of five deep dives, beginning with the question, what happens when you get in the habit of choosing just a little bit more procrastination over and over again? Procrastination, that's where we're going in the next episode. We'll see you then.